Hi, this is Ryan Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Kim Sample. Kim is the president of the PR Council, and we talk about how PR agencies are navigating the pandemic and the work being done in the industry around diversity, equity, and inclusion. In this episode, Kim talks about how many PR agencies have effectively grown the pie by adding capabilities like helping brands develop their own channel strategies, content development, and paid media. If earned media is the hub for PR agencies, content strategies and influencer work are increasingly becoming the spokes. Let's talk about podcasts for a moment. This is the growth category in American content, but the attention has mostly been focused on consumer podcasts that are monetized through advertising and sponsorship. But the next expansive growth phase for audio is as an integrated communication strategy, and PR agencies have a huge opportunity ahead of them. Let's quickly define some stuff. Creating your own podcast is an owned content strategy. Being a guest on someone else's podcast is an earned strategy. But creating audio content for internal use is an employee engagement strategy. Creating audio about customer success and embedding that on your blog is an SEO and SEM strategy. Taking thought leadership content and sharing it to LinkedIn is a paid social strategy. One of the biggest issues that PR agencies face is that the technology to support these strategies are consumer facing. They're focused on distributing content to Apple and Spotify, and that's fine. But growing show audiences and understanding ROI on those distribution platforms is incredibly, incredibly hard. Your audio content has a business use case. Share that content to where you do business. Venly is an audio platform that is focused on the needs of businesses. With Venly, a company can seamlessly share internal audio content directly to Slack or Microsoft Teams with privacy and analytics. They can embed that content on SharePoint, Social Chorus, or Quorum for people who work in public affairs. Out of the same dashboard, they can share that content externally to LinkedIn or email. The players are branded as the company and robust listener insights are available on every piece of published content. Audio can now be an agency capability and a new line item. And the best part is that you can leverage all of the frameworks and skills that you've worked to develop for video, social, search, the list goes on. Curious about how Venly can facilitate audio for your clients? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the inspiring Kim Sample. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you doing, Brian? Kim Sample is the president of the PR Council, where she helps 110 member agencies with high-performing and diverse talent and works to elevate the PR profession overall. In her role, she works with the board to create the organization's strategic plan and oversees all aspects of its implementation. In her two-year tenure, both membership and member satisfaction numbers have grown. During 2020, she and her team provided leaders with expert insights and supported decision-making on COVID-related issues and the racial justice movement. When member agencies were forced to cancel intern programs and freeze entry-level hires, the PRC team created an agency-ready certificate program to keep young people engaged in the industry and to help build their resumes. 2,000 young people completed the eight-week program. Prior to joining the PRC in August 2018, Kim was the founder and CEO of Emanate, a $35 million, 100 plus person international marketing communications agency. During her tenure, Emanate was named PR Week Agency of the Year and Crane's Best Places to Work in New York City. And the team's work for clients was recognized with numerous industry awards. 
Kim also worked at Ketchum, Marina Mayer Communications, and Golan earlier in her career, and has served Fortune 500 clients across a number of industries, including financial services, travel, hospitality, CPG, and consumer electronics. Kim, thank you again for being with me. It's my pleasure. Listening to my bio makes me want to hack at it and do some editing. (laughs) You're the PR pro, not me. I'm going to go off script for a moment. I, I, I just have to ask you this question. Part of your job is to market and communicate to the luminaries of the marketing and communications industry. Do you ever publish a blog post or do a LinkedIn post and get feedback from the CEO of some multinational agency with advice for a better SEO or something like that? <laughs> I have not. I can aspire to that, though. It's very funny, though, to represent the best of the best of the public relations industry And I sometimes look at, wow, we just don't do very good PR for ourselves. But then I remember most agencies have that problem as well. It's the cobbler's children. Right. So you you have this dual responsibility, which is to grow the industry and then also to provide services to its membership. I'm oversimplifying this a little bit, but one is more of an outreach strategy and one is more of an engagement strategy. Do these strategies live together or do they have discrete tactics and desired outcomes? They do live separately. And I think there's probably a lot more we could do on the outreach. Luckily, over the past year, I think public relations kind of had its moment, not past tense. (laughs) It was a moment for the industry that hopefully, you know, we will make sure continues moving forward. In fact, I, I feel like PR has been on an upswing in importance since I took on this role. I remember there was a PR week headline soon after I started at the council. And it was something like, everybody appreciates the value of public relations except the industry. And I think we've had this slight inferiority complex about what we do. And maybe it's some of the names were called or the television shows made about the industry. But I I do, I really believe it is PR's moment. And we have amazing opportunities before us. You know, we've been wringing our hands about having a seat at the, you know, table with the C-suite my entire career. Guess what? We've got it. So now we've got to keep it and keep growing on that um, sort of influence we have at what's going on in corporate America. Well, I don't know if it was maybe 10, 15 years ago, but it feels as if PR went from just pitching a story to a journalist to becoming the new Madison Avenue, if you will, where all of a sudden it's content and it's social strategies and it's influencer and it's paid. How have you seen just over the last few years, this, the seat at the table expand, but really across capabilities and then, you know, sort of projecting into the future a little bit, sort of what, what else is out there to continue to grow the pie? Because that's part of your job, right? Is, is helping to grow the industry. Mm. It feels like the growth has been really exponential across a couple of different categories. It really has. And I mean, almost all of our firms are either fully integrated in terms of their offering or at a bare minimum, they're offering earned and social. Most have other offerings, digital, influencer, content. And I think it's only natural. I mean, the type of messaging work that we're doing now made better by all of the data and analytics we have available, but it's only natural that we'd be putting those messages out beyond earned. 
and there's always a debate with our member agencies. I mean, should we be the PR council? Are we just PR? Aren't we much bigger than that? And I, I strongly believe that we should not walk away from earned and give up <laughs> what truly differentiates all of our agencies. But we talk a lot about earned at the core. We do a lot of other disciplines, but it's earned first. It's earned first creative. It's got to work in the public relations space. And then we take it further out and amplify. Yeah. I mean, I think if people aren't willing to talk about you without paid media, then it's hard to get engagement on the paid media, right? You're not telling your story well enough on the paid side if you can't figure out right. the earned side first. That's kind of the ultimate bar, right? You've got to get through the um, guard post with journalism. No, that's right. And, and I think, you know, every brand is looking at their marketing expenditure and saying, well, what's our blended cost, right? right? And if you're only relying on paid, you have a little bit of a problem, I think, because you have to bring that down. And the only way to do that, I think, is through the earned and owned channels that your agency partners are able to like best, best provide for you, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's lower cost in those impressions um, that we're able to produce, but also there's the efficiency of having that message disseminate from a single agency, our agencies are able to do that very, very well. Are you talking in your work, are you talking at all with brands? Like what are they looking for from agency partners in 2022 and beyond? What are the expectations that they have? Data and analytics, you know, everybody wants proof. We're just doing a series of meetings right now with agency CEOs across the country. And what we're hearing is there's a heavy emphasis on employee engagement. I mean, we're feeling it in our own business, you know, employees are sort of exhausted from the remote work environment. It's not as much fun as we were used to going in in person. Agencies are great because you're in a creative environment, you're working with your best friends, very energizing, but that's been lost. So that's been challenging. So our Clients feel that as well. They need help on that. Lots of counseling continuing to go on, not just the racial justice movement, but sort of all of these things that are happening. Talking to public affairs people in DC yesterday, they were saying they're running on empty because a new administration brings a lot of new work for them, for their clients, because they've got to do a series of introductory meetings and sort of bring everybody up to speed. But there's so much focus on DC and public affairs that they're educating more clients than ever before. And their colleagues, you know, their colleagues really want to be smart about how they can introduce their clients to public affairs and DC issues. So those are things I think the speed is really intense right now. I mean, people. It was a bit of time lost in 2020 when the pandemic first hit and sort of everything fell off a cliff. Things started getting faster and faster towards the end of the year. And now I think people are moving really fast. So agencies are having to, pure agencies have always been fast. We've really been able to get things in the market faster than a lot of other disciplines. But now it's even challenging agencies to blow up their work process and figure out new ways of doing it because there is this desire for speed. 
you, you just mentioned it just before, but there's this also this need for education to get people coached up on just how quickly things are changing and politics mm-hmm. is playing a role, I think, so uniquely today in how businesses are conducting themselves and, uh, and how they're reacting. Part of the service that you offer to your members is education and thought leadership. But I do think that uniquely PR agencies do a lot of their own thought leadership and original research. How do you think about your programming and content creation for this specific membership base? You know, how does it live in concert with their own initiatives? We wanna showcase our agencies ahead of the PR Council. So we like amplifying work they're doing. Um, I would say I'd love to see more thought leadership coming out of agencies. There's a need for it. Differentiation is so important right now. Agencies need to be spending more time on IP productization. That's what's really going to grow their businesses. So we're encouraging on that. We try to provide instruction on, you know, how do you do that from top to bottom and get people inspired to make it happen. And then when they do it, we want to amplify that for them. We spoke a little bit just before about diversity and inclusion as uh, this humongous and critical area for all industries, but I know that it's of uh, particular importance to your work at the PR Council. What role does an association play in developing that type of competency with its members? How are you benchmarking impact? What are some of the initiatives that you've put forward in that way? Yeah, this is one of our top priorities. And for me personally, it's one of the reasons that I wanted this job at the council. Like, I think the industry must make progress or we're going to damage our um, ability to succeed in the future. So we do all kinds of things. We try to bring in a lot of experts to provide education and we try to look at uh, where are the problems in an agency, what's really preventing them from being inclusive environments. So how do we tackle them? So for example, we're going to do some trainings on bias in our agencies and how you eliminate it. There's bias in the um, recruiting and hiring. There's bias in performance feedback. There's bias in the content we're producing. You know, if you don't have a diverse team, you've got so many blind spots about the content you're producing. So we tackle those specific things. We were really thrilled to see almost all of our agencies created DE&I action plans. If they didn't already have one, definitely the events of last summer, George Floyd's murder, um, pushed them to do so. And so we look at those action plans and think about how can we help agencies succeed against those plans. So one thing is almost everybody has supplier diversity programs. So we pulled together all of the best thinking on how you create a successful program. We pulled together vendors who serve our agency business and make all of that available to our members. Almost every member had an initiative related to HBCUs. And we were thinking, oh my gosh, first of all, Everybody thinks of such a small group of those brand name HBCUs. They're going to overwhelm them. How can we help them see this whole universe of 107 HBCUs? So we started reaching out to HBCUs and pulling them together to do focus groups and really educate us and the membership about what would be welcome help. Because if our agencies have unwelcome help in their plans, then this isn't going anywhere. So that's something we did. Many of our member agencies are small, so they don't have enough 
uh, employee representation to be able to do their own ERG. So we're establishing cross-agency ERGs and one for black professionals is about to launch. Um, and hopefully that'll be a very successful pilot and we'll start looking at other ERGs. Definitely mental health ERG is on our list. Like that's a really important topic in our agency. So just trying to be supportive in the ways that make sense. And in terms of measurement, we strongly encourage our agencies to publish their diversity data. I would love to see everybody publish their demographics and what they're doing on wage gap, closing the wage gap. I think those are critical. Even promotion data is super important. I just think if you aren't putting it out there, you're not truly holding yourself accountable to correct it, make progress. I'm really happy to hear you talk about promotion and wage gap and, and retention. Hiring is, is important, but how you continue to move employees through the life cycle into bigger and better opportunities with you is, is super critical. And you were saying just before that a, a huge part of the focus is employee engagement. You got to look in the mirror a little bit, I think, in that way too, right? Yeah, totally. You know, I, we talk about it a lot, like our agencies want to be a place where you can bring your whole self to work. Well, if you do not feel psychologically safe in your agency or wherever you work, you're not bringing your whole self to work. So I, as an employer, I might only be getting 25 or 30% of you because there are all these other things going on that make you feel uncomfortable or out of the loop. Maybe there are legitimately things happening that aren't pulling you in, being fully inclusive. So the PR Council, you, you, I think you have two podcasts. They're great. I've listened to two of them. What other types of content have you all created? And what are some of the, uh, the outcomes that you hope? Is it just general awareness about the work? Or are there other types of outcomes that you're hoping to drive? What other content forms are you creating beyond the two podcasts? We produce a lot of content, but we try to be very careful because we don't want to overwhelm our members with communications from us. You know, one of the things we're doing is bringing people together so they can talk about whether we're providing the information or more often it's much more welcome for experts to be providing the information, but then facilitating the discussion. So everybody leaves with a fuller understanding. We really task ourselves to bring radical thinkers to our membership because you hear a lot of the same things. It feels like in our industry, every event is full of panels and the panel is sponsored by someone, they organize it and maybe they even moderate it. I don't know, we wanna provide something different and really make leaders think and look at things in a different way. We did an event a couple of years ago, we do these thought leadership events called Critical Issues Forums. And pre-pandemic, we did an event that was called Critical Issues of the Modern Workforce Forum. TED-style talk, I think we had nine, 10 different speakers, all issues that are going on with the workforce are ways that we can expand our workforce. You know, we've been very narrow. Most agencies have a few schools they like to hire from. So everybody's even more similar than you would possibly think but we've got to expand thinking. So we had a young woman who 
is blind who had interned in an agency talk about her experience and what agencies need to do to be more inclusive for people with disabilities. We had a gentleman speak who founded a creative shop of people who are, were formerly or are currently incarcerated. And just thinking about these new populations and where creativity is coming from, the kind of resource we wanna be for our members. Yeah, we've gotta do a lot of stuff about PPP and should you mandate that your employees get a vaccination? Probably not. When are you gonna reopen your office? What's the office environment gonna look like? Like there's some very practical things, but then it's also like, we wanna make people think and sort of open up their creativity so they can apply it to growing their business. What's a, a mistake that you see PR professionals, communication professionals make? Maybe what's your advice to them? How would you fix it for them? I think there is a mistake sometimes in trying to be all things to all people. I'm a big believer in differentiation, like know thyself and what thyself is good at. I, I think that that's a really smart way to build a business. Um, I think saying no maybe saying no a little bit more is good. Um, you know, you get in these moments where you think, oh, I can't lose that client. That'll cost, you know, that'll impact my headcount or it's a path into something else. Or yeah, maybe their business sounds a little misaligned with my values, but I bet we can get them on the right page. Like let's help them. You know, they're lots of different ways that you can rationalize, rationalize yourself into a yes, where maybe no was the right answer. So I think it comes down to trusting your gut a little bit more. Like if you take the time, you're usually gonna get a pretty strong signal from your gut. Kim Sample is the president of the PR Council. I am in gratitude to you for taking some time and sharing your wisdom. For those who are listening who want to stay up to date on the work that your organization is doing, what are some good ways to, to follow that? Check out our website, prcouncil.net. Kim, thank you again for your time and your wisdom today. If you like this episode, you will love the next conversation with Dan Weber. Dan is the president of Edelman's Washington, D.C. office. Thanks again for listening. And until next time with Dan Weber.